אתם מקשיבים מארץ ישראל לעולם לפי גורף על רשת נחום סיגל. Hi everybody, this installment of The World According to Gorf falls out during Sfirat HaOmer, the period between Passover and Shavuot. The music in this episode will be a cappella and melancholy, apropos to this reflective period on the Jewish calendar, when we memorialize our fallen sisters and brothers and commemorate the establishment of the State of Israel. Today, following many decades and too many attacks by the enemies that circumscribe the state, Tsahal, the Israeli Defense Force, is portrayed by international media as a bully, an unsympathetic, rampaging Goliath. To me, this is both the source of pride that an oasis of several million Jews is feared and revered by hundreds of millions around the world, including those who would seek to destroy her, and frustration for the lack of understanding by the same hundreds of millions at the precarious state of the Jewish people throughout history and today. So, today I bring you a story and an interview from one little corner of the tiny Jewish state as counterbalance. Chavat HaShomer is an army base that specializes in Mak'am, soldiers with adaptation problems. Mak'am is an acronym for Center for Advancement of Special Populations. And the people who are part of Mak'am come from specific subpopulations in Israel for whom the army has special programming. The toughest subpopulation is males who are most at risk. those with criminal records or underworld gang histories. They are undereducated, many are impoverished, some are addicts, and they often come from severely broken homes. Due to their exceedingly low test profile in entering the army, Tzahal grants them permission to skip service altogether. Despite this, the Israeli army does not give up on them. Chavat HaShomer was the brainchild of Rafi Eitan, the chief of staff, what is called the Ramat Kal, the head of all of Tzahal. These boys are called Na'are Eitan, or Na'are Raful, Raful being the nickname of Rafi Eitan, to this day. Who trains these at-risk males? Women. The Jerusalem Post reported, Chavat HaShomer enlists these tough young men and offers them a three-month basic training course. The base has four companies, each with more than 100 men, led by one female commander. Each year, the base goes through three cycles of recruits. Former IDF Chief of Staff, Lieutenant General Rafael Eitan, founded the program 30 years ago. His mission was to bring young soldiers who lack the ability to survive in society into the army. Through their service, the recruits would work towards integrating into society and living functional, law-abiding lives. Many of the soldiers either do not have parents or have mothers or fathers in prison. The young men themselves dropped out of school at an early age or got into crime, and their lives deteriorated from that point onward, said Base Commander Lieutenant Colonel Raz Carney in the year 2009. Quote, I hear stories from these soldiers where I sometimes have to pinch myself to recognize they are real, end quote, he said. I do not believe that there are bad people. There are people who do bad things. You cannot blame a boy who is hit by his father from the age of five or a boy who searches for food in the garbage, end quote. 
The training program offers these young men an opportunity to reform and change the way they lead their lives, as reflected in Chavat HaShomer's slogan, quote, in mankind we believe, end quote. One of the graduates of the program recently received his red beret after finishing the paratroopers course. During the graduation ceremony, he stood with opposition leader Tsipi Livni's son, who had also completed his training. Such a contrast of people and backgrounds could only be seen in this army, where each person is given the opportunity to work towards their potential. Carney said, I have seen a lot of things in my life, but there is not a day without tears and more tears when you see the kind of strength there is at Chabat HaShomer, end quote. The base's female commanders show a deep sense of caring and concern for their soldiers, the base commander said, who added that these strong women were the best found in Israel. Some of them come from the same cities as the soldiers they command, but have had different life experiences, as the women come from stable homes. Quote, it's amazing to see boys who haven't been to school since the fourth grade. They don't remember what it is to sit in a class and listen to a teacher. To listen to anyone, said 2nd Lieutenant Noah Levitt, 21. Then they come to the army and have to listen to some girl who is probably a year younger than them, end quote. Yakira Ament is one such girl. I spoke to the young woman at her parents' home in Efrat during a rare 12-hour leave. We chatted while she groomed her army beret, her proud parents preparing a snack in the nearby kitchen, her foster siblings dozing on the living room couches. Fair disclosure, her parents, Neva and Jeremy, are longtime personal friends of mine, which doesn't lessen Yakira's amazing service or make it any less remarkable. Up next, Chavata Shomer Commander Yakira Ament on The World According to Gorf on the Nachum Siegel Network. <laughs> Yeah, that's 
בתים חדשים. הצידים הם נעשים קרויצים. מה יש שם שרעים פה? שאל אותי עובר. מה בלב אתה שומר? Welcome back to The World According to Gorf. Our guest today is Yakira Ament. We're seated in Gush Etzion in the city of Efrat. The city of Efrat lines the side of a mountain in the gorgeous rolling green hills, or should I say white hills because it's been very snowy here, um, in the Yehudav Shomron area, the Judah and Samaria area, just south of Yerushalayim. Welcome, Yakira. Hi. <laughs> you have 12 hours off from your army duty, but before we get to the very interesting job that you do, can you please tell us where you were born and where you grew up? Yeah. Um, I was born in New York, lived in uh, Brooklyn until I was seven. When I became seven, I made Aliyah with my parents and my two younger sisters, and I grew up here in Afra. Please tell us your job in the army. What is your tafkid in Sahab? I joined the army during April, in the last April, 2013. I went through a training course to be a commanding officer for three months. And since then, I've been a commanding officer in a base up north called Chavat Shomer, a very, very special base. I didn't believe I would be there at first. It's a base that takes all the troubled soldiers that the, that the army doesn't want to handle. In the beginning, um, they, bring us, they bring all the soldiers to the base, and we, we learn to handle them and to help them. When you say the army can't handle them, what are they doing that demonstrates that they are difficult? The people that we work with, they've never had good experiences and backgrounds. If it's uh, school, high school, Kindergarten, uh, they dropped out very, very early. Their parents, their teachers gave up on them very fast. A lot of them didn't grow up in good homes. So 
uh, right away they got to they got to the streets. They got complicated with uh, with drugs, gangs, guns, anything with with your imagination. And uh, we we get them in the situation that the army says that they're not going to be able to be good soldiers, and we don't want to handle them. So they give them the army rates them from zero to sixty. Um, a soldier that gets uh, a rate of sixty gets gets uh, discharged. Yeah, gets kicked, dis- out. kicked out of the army. Um, he gets a piece of paper that says that he's free to go, that he doesn't need to do army, and he could be a free citizen in Israel without needing to to, to do those three years of service. And the soldiers that I get, they're the soldiers that got that piece of paper and fought anyways to enlist to the army. If they had an opportunity to get out, why did they want to stay in, particularly when it would be a very difficult road for them to stay in? Because they want to be like everyone else. They want to have the chance to prove themselves. Explain what everybody else, what like everybody else means in Israeli culture. Every Israeli, when they get to the age of 18, when they finish high school, they want the opportunity to to give. They want the opportunity to be part of the Israeli society. I don't know if it's uh, because that that's what we're used to, that this is what happens, that age 18, you put your personal life aside and instead of going to college or to university and building your, your, your family and, and start working on your career, um, you put everything aside and go serve your country. But it's what everyone does and everybody, it's a habit that everybody wants to find their, their place to prove themselves and to give. And these soldiers know that also the army has a lot to offer for them, and they want to grab it. You are a lovely young woman who is probably confronted by some seriously tough characters. What is the response from these ne'er-do-wells, people who would otherwise not be in the army because they're too difficult to handle when they see you? The soldiers that we get in Chavata Shomer, they're very impulsive. They have very, very big personalities, a lot of energy. Uh, all of the, the soldiers that the army sees that they have um, issues with behavior and... By the way, feel free to use Israeli. Structured frameworks. Um, all of the, the soldiers that are quiet and, and shy and that they don't know that the commanding officers can't tell what's going on in their head, they go to a different base called Mikhvaron. The soldiers that I get, they're all soldiers that they're very muhtsanim. Uh, they're very... Uh, yeah, the, the difference between the introverts and the extroverts. Exactly. So all the soldiers that I get, they're very impulsive, very... Uh, they have um, some of them behave very childishly in their in their reactions, and you get a lot a lot of extreme behaviors. Uh, if it's screaming, cursing, uh, throwing their gun, taking their bags, jumping out of the window, leaving, saying that they're going to commit suicide, anything, anything that you can imagine of a, of a person exploding, that.
אתם מקשיבים מארץ ישראל לעולם לפי גורף על רשת נחום סיגל. יקירה איימן, can you please describe for me what the army saw in you to give you this job of training extroverted, impulsive soldiers to be responsible, in control service people? I can't say what they saw in me, but I could say what what kind of commanding officers they need in Chavat HaShomer. They need um, commanding officers that could see the person inside all of the crazy behavior, that they could see through the, the craziness in the eyes and, and understand that there's something that comes, that there's something deeper, that there's something that comes inside the person from the lifestyle they had, Um, from the things that the person's been through and the things that the person didn't have throughout his life. If it's a loving family, a, a person that believed in them from the beginning of, from the second they had to walk until the second they went to school, someone that, didn't, that wasn't able to translate the world correctly for them, that they didn't uh, give them the opportunity to grow and to succeed, and, and they never really had the love and the... Uh, the gvulot, they never had the, the boundaries that, they, that a child and a teenager needs. Um, I think... What gives you the background to be able to help them? Nothing. Sensitivity. Um, a lot of love, and, and I was raised very well. So I was lucky enough to be in a position that I was raised so well that I, that I could give back, that I could, that I'm in a position that I'm, that I'm full and that I could spill it out and share it with other people that weren't, that weren't as lucky as I. Can you please to, to help us understand and get into your experience, can you please describe to us one person that you helped from the beginning to the end? And by the way, you don't have to give a name, but describe how that person arrived, how you dealt with them, how you helped them, and where they are now. You start with 14 soldiers. Every commanding officer gets either 10 to 14 soldiers. Every soldier has their own crazy life story and uh, personality. One. one of them was very, very, very childish and impulsive in the beginning, very aggressive. 
When you join the army, you suddenly lose all of your freedom. You lose the freedom of speech, the freedom of, of what you wear, the freedom of how you walk, where you walk, when you walk. You lose all of your freedom. And these people, they're people that are very, 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 they're very independent. And they're used to, especially because they don't have loving families, they're used to handling their whole lifestyle by themselves. They give, they make their money, they, they pay for their bills, they live their own lifestyle on their own hours. And, and I had a soldier that he couldn't understand that now he has an, a commanding officer that's going to tell him what to do and it's going to take away his freedom and that's going to put firm boundaries. And he, he cursed a ton. He ran away a ton. He disappeared during the day. He was violent towards other soldiers. He was violent towards me with the words he said. He went through a very, very long, long confrontation with himself to get to a place where he was quiet and he was patient and he was listening and willing to respect the, the person that I was before the officer that I was. Um, and that's the most important, I think. And now? And now he's doing his service. And he's good, and he's happy. Do you, are you able to follow up with? Yes, yes, I follow up on the soldiers. Not all of the commanding officers do that. Um, I really believe that it's important that the soldiers don't become dependent in me, because it's uh, the the last training I've I've done for these soldiers is 12 weeks of training. 12 weeks that I'm the mother, I'm the father, I'm the sister, I'm the friend, I'm the commanding officer. It's 12 weeks that you give them everything, from their clothes to their food to the discipline to the listening to the loving to everything's with a commanding officer. And it's 12 very, very intense weeks. So during their service, once they finish the, the training, I think it's very important to take a step back and to let them handle it by themselves and not to answer all the phone calls and not to call all the time, to let them handle what they're going through so they won't be dependent on anyone, that they'll know that they could handle it by themselves. Is this program, is this need unique to Sahal or is it modeled after other programs in other armies around the world, or are there other armed services that come to Tsahal to learn about your techniques? That's a really good question. Um, as, as much as I know, it, I've never heard of anything else like this, of a, an army that's supposed to fight and protect, that suddenly they take this whole... They take this, all of these teenagers, they take all these soldiers that, that they could say it's a waste of money, it's a waste of time, it's a waste of, of people, it's a waste of soldiers to put all of this work and all of this power into this one place and into this society. All the time there are groups of soldiers and, and people that come to Chavat HaShomer all the time and a lot, of, uh, a lot of times they call me because I know, to speak, I know how to speak in English. They call me to do all kinds of tours for, um, for army people, for uh, all kinds of citizens that come also from America. I do for them tours in the base. I believe it's very, very unique and because it's also Israeli, it really has the personality of an Israeli place. A lot of... Uh, a lot of a lot of mercy, a lot of uh, mercy, mercy, but not right not in a pity compassion, way. Compassion, thank you. Yeah. A lot of compassion, a lot of loving, a lot of belief that I really feel that the Israeli people have in a pure way. That's a very interesting point. When we picture we, when somebody from outside of Israel pictures an Israeli, the first thing we may think of is aggression. Maybe in the streets. Politics. 
when you see the news and you read the newspaper, that's what you see. You see politics, you see what happens on the roads, you see the, the horrible stuff. But when you live within the people and you get the chance to, to be part of the army and to meet a huge group of, of different kinds of people, and especially in Chavata Shomer, that the, the range of people is so, is so complex, you, you get to know the souls of the people and not what stands out from, from the outside. There's an analogy that's sometimes made, a comparison that's sometimes made between Israelis, and I forget what kind of fruit. The sabra, thank you. Prickly, hard on the outside and soft on the inside. inside. So truly, that's what you are seeing in your experience. Definitely. What do you want to do in the future? In the future? Well, I'm getting a lot of training to be a good mother. I could say that. Yes, without a question. Hopefully you won't have 14 kids, at least not all at the same time. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> right, she's playing mom about that. I'll finish, I'll finish the army first. I'll finish my service and then I'll stay. How much more time do you have? A year. A year? Yeah. Would they ask you to stay on? Could this be a career? They did. Um, they Already. asked me to stay on. I, uh, I passed the tests and then I decided to sign off. Really? Why? I want to work with the soldiers to sign on for, for longer in the army. So that means I need to move up a rank and I want to work with the people. I don't want to work with the commanding officers. I want to be within the fire with, uh, with the soldiers, with, uh, talking with them and connecting with them and not, I rather that than going up. Interesting. So then what's next in a year? We'll see. You're shrugging. You're shrugging in your um, your maroon sweatshirt and uh, teal-colored dangling earrings, which I imagine is going to have to be changed for a different color of green in a few very short hours. Definitely, so. no uh, no feminine no feminine touches next to those uh, next to those boys. Right. I just think that it's important for everyone to know not to judge people right away. To know the, to look at the people in the eyes and to see their eyes and to see their soul and to understand that they've, if they're acting in a certain way, that means that they're missing something and it means that, they, that they're hungry for something and you need to understand that it's not personal and it's not, it doesn't have to be about you and to know not to think about yourself all the time and to try to understand what's going on in their head and what's going on in their heart that's making them act like that and say what they say because I don't believe that they mean it. I don't believe that they mean it and I don't believe that they, that they would want to be that way. Let me ask you a tough follow-up question. Are there people that you've had serving under you that were not savable, that you had to say, I can't fix this? Everyone's savable. Everyone's savable, but it doesn't matter how much I'm willing to fight for them. It matters if, if they're willing to fight. Because I can't, I reach out both arms when they come. I reach out both arms, but if they don't give me a finger, I can't, I can't do anything with that. Everyone's savable. I really, really believe that. Everyone's savable, but you need the, you need cooperation. And cooperation doesn't come from everyone right I'm not
הבתים נשברו, נורות של משפחות נשפכו, ניצנים של אנשים בחיים שלא יפתחו, התקווה בראשנו, אהבה בנפשנו, החלום ברוחנו, אז לאן נמשיך בדרכנו? נעלמה להט ממש, קולות המלחמה, עוד חייל חוזר רטוב במעבדי גריל המדינה, דם ודמעה נספגים באדמה, עוד אמא המומה נשארה רק תמונה, תצופה בלב נוהל, אז חזק הוא נתקפל, כי לא נולד הבן זונה, שיעצור את ישראל. תן לי את התקווה לקבל מה שאין, את הכוח לשנות מה שכן. We're in the Gush Etzion area, just south of Yerushalayim, Jerusalem. Yakira Ament, what book are we looking at here? Um, this is my notebook that I use during the day when I'm with the soldiers. It's, uh, it's my place to write all of the, the good stuff they've done during the day and all the stuff that they need to fix and they need to work on. And this, it's graph paper, and you seem to have a luach, a calendar on one side, and you have uh, what looks like a photocopy of an ID card, even with a photo of the person yes. um, on the other side, on the adjoining side. So who, who uh, don't say his name, but what kind of personality are we looking at? From this picture, he looks like he's a normal, regular, average Israeli guy, probably a little bit funny, um, certainly in good health, got a lovely head of hair. Um, shaven, but nevertheless, we see potential. When you work with him, well, describe to me the personality and the challenges and where he is right now. Okay. Uh, first of all, right now he's in jail. He got um, 10 days, 10 days sent to a military jail. Um, he was put there because uh, he didn't wake up in the morning for a week and a half. Didn't wake up in the morning for a week and a half. His discipline was all over the place. He cursed all day. He didn't listen. He didn't look me in the eyes. He didn't, he didn't know how to stand in front of me and how to, how to take commands. I tried to work on him with the, with the discipline. I tried to work with him for 
for a few days. It didn't work. It went up to a higher rank. It didn't work there either. Um, and from there, he already went. Uh, he went to court. I waited for him outside of the court. Um, he came out. I got the reaction that that I deserved um, from uh, from his uh, point of view. But let's back up one second. Yes. You gave the recommendation then for him to go to jail. Yes. The commanding officer writes the the paperwork for the court. We write the paperwork for the court. We do all this in the middle of the night before we go to sleep for our three hours. And we also write the recommendation for the soldier. At the, and that's, at the end of the day, the commanding officer knows, knows the soldier, knows what the soldier's been through. And that's why the recommendation also needs to come from me, needs to come from the commanding officer, because the recommendation could be the, the person in court, the judge could say that the recommendation needs to be um, 150 shekel of a knas, a fund of 150 shekel that he has to pay. And I could know that this person has a big problem of money, that he's in deep, deep uh, loans right now, and that he doesn't have that money. Um, if it's from money, if it's from anything else, if it's uh, staying, um, staying the weekend, if it's anything like that, the commanding officer has the deep connection with the soldier at the end of the day. So what happens with the soldiers is you try, when you see someone that has a difficulty with the discipline, you try, first of all, to keep it within your range of uh, handling it. Um, if it's telling the soldier you have 10 minutes to, to wear your uniform, to stand in front of me in a respecting way, and to listen, to listen to what I have to say to you, from there you run, you do push-ups, you confront yourself with all of the things that you have to take care of and all the things that you have to work harder on. Um, I tried to, um, to make him stand in a respecting way. Once, it didn't work. Twice, it didn't work. The third time, he stood, he came, he was ready, he tried for 20 minutes, and he broke in the middle. He picked up his hands, he cursed, he kicked, and he left. From there, it goes up a higher rank. It leaves my hands, and it goes up to my commander, um, my officer. She started, uh, she tried also to make him stand, to make him run, and he didn't want to listen. From there, it's already court. You have to be very realistic with the soldiers. You try to give them an opportunity again and again and again and again, but at a certain point when it's out of boundaries, you, you were in the army at the end of the day, and you want to give them a lot of chances and a lot of ability to fix and to start with a clean page every morning, but you have to know when to say also that the soldier needs something stronger than the discipline that we have to, to give them. What kind of conversation did you have with him on his way in? This person is uh, religious. I spoke with him a lot about religion and about um, what there's a pasuk that says in the Chadadin, the Tfilah of Shabbat, that Sof Shabbat That you need to first of all think before you do, before you act. You need a, all of our actions come from what we're thinking about beforehand. And when he when I when he saw that he's going to go to jail for ten days. When he came out of the court and he came to me and he wanted to explode and he wanted to curse and he wanted to kick and he wanted to leave. He wanted to leave and be AWOL from the jail that he got. And I stood in front of him and I spoke to him about the importance of thinking before you act and the importance of learning to respect and learning to stand behind your behavior and to, and to close what you have to close before you run away from it again.
So he specifically didn't want to be in jail for Shabbat. That was his priority? Yes. Uh, this soldier spoke to me the whole week about how he's not going to stay for the weekend in base. He's not going to take that punishment because he needs to be in his mikveh. On Friday, he has to go to the mikveh, and he has to be clean and to clean his soul. And I spoke with him about the absurdness in what he was saying, because he was saying on one hand that he wants to be pure and that he wants to go to the mikveh, and in the same sentence he was cursing, and he was mad, and he was upset, and he was out of line. And it was two personalities at once, and I wasn't able to recognize him at that moment. And everything with these soldiers needs to be very upfront. Uh, everything's upfront. It's upfront, upfront from them, and it's upfront from me, and from all the other commanding officers. When you feel that a person is two different people, that he has two different personalities inside of him, you speak with him about it. Nothing's left inside in our, in our base. Is he still in jail now? Yes, he yeah. went in two days ago. He went in two days ago. So when he comes out, do you think he'll have? Uh, made a nice gift license plate for you or maybe whittled something out of wood to give you as a thank you gift? There are two different, uh, two different kinds of soldiers. There are soldiers that come back from jail straight. They come back from jail and they understood what they've done. They understood where they could be and they, understood, they understand the consequence of doing whatever you feel like. And there are soldiers that they come back from jail mad and they come back from jail upset with revenge in their eyes, and I've met both kinds of those soldiers. And you learn to handle both kinds of those soldiers, and both kinds of those soldiers could still finish and be good citizens and good people and do a good army service in the end. Uh, I, I would feel sorry for your future 14 children. <laughs> They're going to know discipline like nobody's business. They'll know a lot of love. And a lot of discipline. And a lot of discipline. Yakira Ament was interviewed recently, and to catch that interview, which is available on YouTube, to see her in action, you can visit... Hamarechet. It's a show of uh, Miki Chaimovich, Hamarechet, on uh, Channel 2, Reshet, Rutstein. The World According to Gorf's Facebook page will contain a link to Yakira Ament's interview. It's powerful, it's fascinating, it's inspiring. And uh, by the way, if we can convince her, maybe we'll put a couple pieces of Yakira's artwork on our website as well, because she has an amazing gallery and amazing talent. And maybe, as listeners know, I am uh, the proprietor of JewishCartoon.com, and it would be a pleasure to go and draw with somebody who is such an amazing young woman with a tremendous amount of promise and knows how to shave her green beret like nobody I've ever seen. Um, and uh, I... I really don't want to have to explain what that means. <laughs> <laughs> She's getting the fuzzies out of that. <laughs>
אתם מקשיבים מארץ ישראל לעולם לפי גורף על רשת נחום סיגל. Every trip to Israel is filled with only in Israel moments. I'm at the Kotel, the Kotel Amaravi, and I'm davening Mariv. Two Haredim approach me, young guys. They see my camera around my neck, and they say, and this is all happening in Hebrew, does that camera take a memory card? And I looked at them and said, yeah. And they said, well, we have one. And they held up a memory card. And they said, can you take pictures of us? They're walking around with a memory card, but no camera. So they said, can we use it? And I shrugged and said, okay. They saw the look on my face that I was afraid that they were going to walk off with the camera. So one of them said to the other, maybe he should take the pictures. Okay, so I swapped out the memory card, and I put in their memory card, and they wanted to pose in front of the Kotel, so I took pictures of them from the Kotel, and I'm doing it from a bunch of different angles, and I'm being kind of artsy and careful, and then I hand the memory card back to them, and they say, thank you very much, they're, they're very happy, and they walk away. And then a couple minutes later, they come back to me, and they say, we really like the pictures. Can we do more? So that's the question. How did they see the pictures to know that they liked them and wanted more? So I took their memory card and I took some more pictures from a variety of different angles. And the last picture that they wanted was of them with the entire hotel behind them. And when I took that picture, then I said, Rock, Rekha. And then I swapped out their card for my card. And I took a picture of them with my card, La'azkara, so that I would remember them. So my brother-in-law, the Israeli, responds, oh, I thought they were going to charge you to get back your own memory card. Only in Israel.
The old city was hopping tonight. I passed by uh, an older Russian gentleman who was playing violin masterfully. This is right in front of the Beit Knesset Ramban. And then a few meters later, there were two women who looked to me to be developmentally disabled. One of them was playing skvizbox, an accordion, while the other one was clapping or dancing along. And she was really good at playing the accordion. And then you walk another few meters, and there is a scruffy, Nana Nachman-looking guy playing guitar. And you walk a few more meters into the area where it leads down towards the Kotel, towards the Western Wall, and you hear Sephardi music being blasted from the loudspeakers, or you hear the... It was a real soundscape. You walk by this gate that you otherwise would notice, and there's an older Rebbe-looking man who is opening the gate, and it's making a very distinctive squeaking noise. This is all happening concurrently. It's walking from one end of the rova to the other end of the rova. It's a soundscape, so when you go from one to the next, one, one sound fades in to the other one almost like uh, the, the Jewish Quarter's greatest hits.
a small distance reflecting so many different shades of Judaism. Walk down the stairs and there is a group of young men and women singing Am Yisrael Chai and dancing in a circle. Walked just a few meters more and there was a Tekes Chayalim Chayalot. It was mostly women soldiers who were snapping to attention and yelling out Kenem Efaked and it was inspiring and but they said Kenem Efaked even though it was a Mefaked it was a woman several women who were leading the troops and when they were done they all cheered And then they posed for pictures in huge groups. And, of course, a couple of Americans snuck in there. And it would have been funny, indeed, if they had had a memory card, too. And then the end of the the soundscape, the Rova's greatest hits, was a group of birthright participants. Actually, there was a guy taking a picture for them, a group picture. And I noticed that it was the same exact camera that I had. And I offered to take the camera. I knew how to operate it. And then another guy wandered along, and he saw me taking a picture of the group, and he motioned to me to take the camera and for me to get in the picture, not realizing that I'm not part of this group. But he was so insistent, and everybody, the, the, the 75, 100 people all got what was going on, that they, <laughs> that they beckoned me over. All right, come on, get in the picture. Now I have a picture of me with my birthright team of five seconds. on this episode of The World According to Gorf came from Bojack, the best of Jewish a cappella series. 
the new a cappella treasury Yom Tov album, and Voices for Israel, Keeping the Faith, all available from Sameach Music. For the best in live a cappella entertainment for your Simcha event or personal occasion, go to PellaProductions.com. That's P-E-L-L-A Productions.com. And of course, get your weekly Jewish comics fix at JewishCartoon.com. Post your comments, questions, and wisdom on the World According to Gorf Facebook page or email me directly at gorf at jewishcartoon.com. Until next time, this is Gorf saying Shalom. Shalom, shalom. Shalom, shalom.